Good morning, Starshine. The Earth says hello. Is that the quote <laughs> from uh, Willy Wonka? Did that's, it say Starshine? Yeah, that's the yeah, that's the one I messed up the other day. Okay, okay, so he got yeah. it right this time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey guys, uh, John here. Um, here with Steffi again. John here. <laughs> We're quarantined again, but but so we've actually gotten a lot done. I said quarantined again, like we got off and then and then came they back. grounded us again. Yeah. Um yeah, I've had a I've had a little bit of wine tonight, so this is gonna be a fun <laughs> podcast to listen to. Um and I still am drinking wine. So Well, yeah. Whatever's left of it. <laughs> sure. Um But yeah, I, the quarantine hasn't been all um you know bad to us. We've had a lot of time to I clean up a lot around around the place and we're starting to set up like a studio. Yeah, yeah. Um eventually it'll be that way. <laughs> I, we we've got a couple of instruments out here and um gonna bring the basses and the guitars. You need and, more cowbell though. Yeah. I got a fever. <laughs> uh and eventually we're gonna get some editing equipment and stuff and I'd honestly because personally, for me, it feels weird to have a cold open to the podcast like we do. Just like a, hello, like, you know, like, so I, I'd really like to try to record. I've been talking to you about it for a couple of weeks now, mm-hmm. just breaking out the keyboard or something. That's me trying to be like John Carpenter, wishing I was like John Carpenter. I'm like, can you turn it to synthesizer, please? <laughs> but, you know, like maybe that and like break out a bass and just kind of try to bump out a riff and have something cool to open the uh, podcast out to. That'd be fun. This would be perfect for it, you know, now that now that we're starting to clean this yeah. out. Yeah. So today's episode is going to be pretty fun. We're doing it on uh, some of our opinions on the most beautiful movies. Uh, the prettiest ones. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, not beautiful in terms of like, that was so beautiful. Like, like to your heart. It's not beautiful to your heart. It's like beautiful they to your look eyes. incredible. Yeah. Um, now, obviously, this is a very broad topic and we're going to forget a lot of them. Steffi's seen a lot of movies. I've seen a lot of movies and, and we're going to forget a lot. But I think what makes this topic specifically interesting between the two of us is gen- generally speaking, we kind of watch movies from different decades. That's true. I think I watch a lot of 70s mm-hmm. and 80s, and you watch a ton of 2000s, 2010s. I definitely watch a lot of 80s movies. You watch a lot of 80s movies, but I'm saying like... 80s I, and 90s. Right? I think he's... So, so here's what I mean, I guess. When, when I was differentiating them, I mean, you watch a lot of movies that are like big budget. I watch a lot of movies that are like a hundred dollar movies. <laughs> like I watch a lot of stuff that's really like, shitty, got, is what I'm saying. Like I got a Nikon Cool Picks for Christmas, and uh, yeah, we're gonna film this whole movie in my right. Well, backyard. that's what I mean. Like a lot of the movies you've watched over time are really pretty, and that's that's what pretty is to you. That's that's why I think this is interesting. That's gonna be pretty to you, and what's pretty to me is. The dust and the grime, ugly. yeah, yeah, ugly stuff. Things that are not pretty at right, all. Right, <laughs> right. So we've we've kind of broken them up, and we're gonna we're gonna run through them uh, a little separately. Um, is that mic echoing? Huh? No, it's fine. Okay, we're trying Sounds out a new good. setting on the mic, so I might check in with her a couple times during this podcast. Who knows? Um, so, uh, without any further ado, Steffi, do you want to kind of go over some of the color coded movies we've talked about? Uh... Yeah, sure. I mean, so so color coded is kind of a, a vague 
kind of general. Agreed. Because <laughs> a lot of the time, most things kind of have something like a director or a set designer or a production assistant kind of has something in mind. You know, they're like, right. like with Breaking Bad, as Walt got more and more evil, you know, his things clothes started getting darker. Him, yeah. Right. And yep. he was wearing dark reds and blacks and stuff like that. Right. Whereas he started with white green. Yeah. And, right. In the and very khaki. first episode, it was like, it was like, <laughs> he very, looked like a chemistry teacher. It was very friendly episode. clothing, but yeah. So, so color coded. What were you going to say? Well, yeah, I was going to say, so, I mean, you could either consider it, like, literally color-coded, like, things are put in place with their And their there are some color. directors, some movies that do that. Yeah, like, the whole room is red, like, yes. everything in it's red. Um, but sometimes it could be more so, like, very obvious in your face, like, they're using colors that are opposite each other. Or they're mm. using color to um, give you, like, emotion or, like, general outlook on the on the scene, like... The yellow car going to the Shining Hotel yeah. was yeah, like cautionary. Like yellow means yeah. caution, red means. Stop. Oh, okay. You I thought it was. Saying? That's fair. Okay, well, I thought well, it was. So, I thought it was yellow is bright. So you know, it's like this is the last bit of innocence headed towards there, and it's never going to leave. You know. I, well, I mean, it, it's kind of for interpretation. That but that's why is. that's why color coding is cool, and right. that's why a, a lot of stuff in movies are set that way. Right, and I don't think we've mentioned this in a podcast before. So since we're on the topic, I'm gonna like bring yeah. it up because yeah. it doesn't have anything to do with beautiful movies. Talks I mean, yeah, The Shining's yeah. pretty, I guess, but it is. Um, it's really pretty. In the book, the the car was red. Okay. And Stanley Kubrick. Obviously, Kubrick. oh, Kubrick's my bad, my bad. Kubrick. <laughs> I, I'm just Kubrick. saving you from Kubrick. from whatever uh, you know film heads that I don't know it's listen fine. to this through the tags that I post. <laughs> They're gonna be bad. like, "CZ Kubrick, burner at the stake," <laughs> you know? Yes. Um, so, <laughs> so um, in the book it was red. So obviously, part of it he used it. He made it yellow for the visual effect of it being yellow and it being cautionary and that kind of thing and being a little bit brighter than the red. Mm -hmm. But uh. Kubrick also fucking hated Stephen King. They hated each other because Kubrick was going to change the entire never, outlook of the movie. I never heard that. So check this Kubrick out. Hated him. No, they hated each other. Okay. I don't know for what reasons who hated who first, but they didn't like each other. Okay. Um, and I think a lot of it might have been Stephen King. Well, I've heard him. that Kubrick is notoriously hard to work with. Well, I believe that. I'm sure he's um, a dick. I yeah. mean, he's always been a dick right. to everybody. Well, he fucked with Shelley Duvall the whole time they filmed. Well, it. and Full Metal Jacket, he had a guy signed up to be the sergeant, and then Arlie Army was there, and he was like, you know, showing the sergeant how to do the moves. And Stanley Kubrick walked up to the actor and he was like, hey, I know I like hired you and all, but you're fired. This <laughs> this real sergeant's going to be my sergeant. Sorry. <laughs> right. What a dick. <laughs> but um, this dude could have bought a new house at that point. <laughs> yeah. He uh, so it was yellow in the movie. He mm -hmm. chose to make it yellow Um, in the book. It was red. And because they didn't like each other, actually, towards closer to like the the third act of the movie where the um the caretaker is go driving back up there in his snowmobile, the snowplow to get up to the mountain. Cause he's mm -hmm. worried about them. Right. Remember he passes a car accident. There's a tractor trailer turned over on top of a red bug. Oh, cause it's like a fuck you, yeah, he's Stephen, like, fuck King. you Stephen King. Yeah. <laughs> Here's your red bug. You ass. Yeah. So that's, it's, it's kind of a, a fun little tidbit there, but that's, that's another way that people would use color. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. That's cool. Mm -hmm. Um, so a lot of the, a lot of the movies that first came to mind when we started talking about color coding was uh, very apparently color coded. So, right. so the purple and red, blue kind of combo. Right. I feel like in movies that's – sorry, I got a lot of burps tonight. It's the <laughs> wine. <laughs> um, 
you guys can imagine what I do with it. I feel like there's a lot of movies that like are I don't want to say the purple, red, blue is begging for attention, but it's kind of like, hey, we're well, here. Well, red is a very dramatic color in general. Super dramatic, I mean, red yeah. red can invoke that emotion from you. If you have a red room. I mean, you put like, red and blue together, you get purple. So, I mean, yeah, they're, they're it, kind it makes of a mix sense. That. They're using yeah. that entire section of the, the color wheel there. So, I listed <laughs> two movies that are primarily red, blue, and purple. And then one that's got a little splash of yellow, a little splash of pink, a little splash of green. Um, my two movies that are mostly there are Mandy and Only God Forgives. Mandy is the one I talked about. Uh, With Nick Cage. Right? Yeah, I had mm-hmm. mentioned it in my uh, honorable mentions for top tens. Mm-hmm. Uh, really good movie. It's cool. It, it's very experimental. Right. Um, it's by Yorgos Lanthimos, who's a Greek director, and he's... Bless you. Yeah, really. <laughs> Yorgos Lanthimos. And then Only God Forgives is Nicholas Winding Refn, and it's got uh ryan gosling in the lead part okay it's another one of the because i know you haven't seen drive so i kind of have to explain it like in drive he had ryan gosling but he barely spoke really Mm -hmm. it's another one of those kind of movies you told me about Um, it before yeah about drive or Mm -hmm. only okay okay so you got me to watch the first like three minutes and then we cut it off well yeah because we were talking about baby driver yeah yeah and we were talking about some of the coolest driving scenes i think that was a cool getaway scene Mm -hmm. in drive uh, and then my my one other one, Suspiria. That uh, was that was a pretty movie. We watched and we watched it, the yeah. original. One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mm-hmm. haven't seen the new one, Mm-mm. which has got uh, what's Dakota Johnson, the girl. From, yeah, it's got her, and then who's the lady from Doctor Strange? Tilda Swinton. Oh, I thought you were gonna say uh, what's her face from The Notebook. I was oh, like, Rachel mm-hmm. McAdams. Yeah. I was okay. Like, no. No. Um, Tilda Swinton. Yeah. Yeah. So it's got both of them in it, and Tilda Swinton, I think, plays the headmaster. Mm-hmm. Dakota Johnson plays uh, the main character, and Suspiria is another one of those like Italian, uh, early Italian like art gore horror films. Right. Uh, it's by Dario Argento, who's done a lot of super classic horror movies. Uh, Suspiria is probably his biggest. That or Deep Red. Uh, I think people should check it out if they're like looking into like what makes a beautiful movie. You know, Suspiria was an interesting plot. I mean, it wasn't like terribly scary, but it was definitely like who done it, like what's going on. It almost seemed to drag a bit. It did, but then once it got to the end, it was like I didn't mind mm-hmm. how long. But it's I a felt. very pretty movie. I mean, oh, it's, it's beautiful. The lighting is gorgeous and, and deep greens and the paintings. And the, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. It, that that one more than a lot of these ones on color coded. That one felt like art. Yeah, that one felt like it was made to like it, it was made to for entice that. you. you yeah, know? right. Yeah, um, you brought up the Wizard of Oz when we talked about color. I did. Well, a lot of that is. I mean, obvious. It starts off and it's sepia tone, and it's all like mm-hmm. you know that's real life, and her life is drab and it's boring, and she's like, I yeah. just want to go away. I just want something better than this. And um, uh, you do figure out watching the movie for anyone who hasn't seen it. I don't know who hasn't seen The Wizard of Oz. Uh, <laughs> Nobody hasn't seen the. the if you haven't um, seen The Wizard of Oz, you're blind. Yeah, what? Like you don't exist. Um, but uh, you find out that the whole thing was in her dream, but her dream was very bright. So like as soon as she drops down, you know everything is bright yellow and and green, and it's all very much um, like super pigmented and just mm-hmm. over the top for not only what's going on, but everything you see is just very bright and colorful. Yeah, yeah. Um. And at the same at the same time, uh, I wanted to mention Paul Thomas Anderson as someone who does this mm-hmm. because 
what, what really interests me about Paul Thomas Anderson is that he's got two, two, two of his biggest movies are really color coded in terms of like bright and beautiful, uh-huh. which were The Master and Boogie Nights. The Master was very overexposed. <laughs> the the Master was super movie. overexposed. He mm-hmm. was overexposed with dark colors. Right. If that makes sense, you know. But I mean, like even like the bright stuff, so like like when when Joaquin Phoenix is laying over top of the. The ocean? The, yeah, yeah. It's oh, right. You're like, what? It's the? blue. Yeah, yeah. And it's, his shirt's and, the and, whitest and then it could be. The ship is what? It's white and yeah, way, which makes it feel real. Because like, if you've ever been on a boat, when the sunlight hits the water and the boat at the same time, you're like, I cannot see. Well, that's one of those movies I'm going to want to talk about with cinematography too. Because the master, I mean, there was not a shade of that movie that you didn't want to look at. Right. Like there, yeah. on top of an already like super interesting plot and like really good acting, like the movie looked so. Pre- I think that was a Roger Deakins cinematography movie. I believe it. Yeah, um, Boogie Nights was uh, Paul Thomas Anderson directed. Mark Wahlberg was the star. Had Philip Seymour Hoffman and John C. Riley in it. And it took a lot of colors and clothes and. Just kind of a lot of inspiration from the 70s porn scene. Mm-hmm. And th- there's even so, a lot of it is like, you know, bright uh, bell bottoms and, you know, big, big personalities and everything. Mm-hmm. But there's still a little bit of like 60s flower child thrown in as well. Cause the, the, you haven't seen it yet. I've been no. begging you to watch it, but there's like, there's a lot of interesting looking people in in the backyard pool parties they have. There's a couple of them throughout the uh, throughout the movie, and mm-hmm. it, it's a very interesting looking movie. But at the same time, those two super powerful and bright looking movies, Paul Thomas Anderson also did There Will Be Blood, which technically is color coded as well. Right. That movie's so drab with the with the sand tone, and then every you know, piece of clothing is a dark gray vest on top of a white shirt. And, right, right. And a, and a, and a big brim gray hat, you know, oh, but a lot of that is cinematography, man. That's a beautiful, right, thing. right, because right. Of, because of that's, that. I mean, I mean, they got it all there, you know, but, that's a whole man. nother thing though. Like, yeah. And, and we will kind of touch on cinematography throughout this as well. But like, mm-hmm. man, it, it, whoever did, there will be blood really captured those colors the way I think that Paul Thomas Anderson was trying to get them. Well, it's hard to make <laughs> drab colors. Interesting. Yeah. You know, right? It's very hard to catch your attention. You know, it's very easy to make a movie that's bright and beautiful and colorful and catch someone's attention. It's very right. hard <laughs> to right. make a movie that looks boring. <laughs> yeah. And there was another one of your favorites from your list that you had mentioned as well. Oh, um, La La Land. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's beautiful for just just for being beautiful. Like that's just <laughs> that seemed to me like, as far as color coding goes, that seemed to me like a purple movie with a bunch of tones. Like the movie was purple. You think? But there were yeah, but the, there was yellow dress. See, and, I feel like there was a and, lot more blue in that movie. There's a lot of blue. It was always blue skies. That's fair. And blue, I mean, and it was like blue. Well, and and they did a good job. That's that's a good one that uses um, opposing colors. Okay. So like you have your blue, like it'd be like a blue black backdrop and it'd mm-hmm. be one of them wearing like red or purple or one of them wearing yellow. And it's like, they both, you know, they stick out against whatever you're looking at them at. Yeah. So yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, you yeah. kind of get a feel for both the characters. It's by what to make wearing. things poke out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, I mean, aside from that, it's just a pretty movie in general. There's a lot of neon lights and, and, you know, pretty scenery behind them and just, just general, general stuff that's beautiful in that movie. But 
Right. I mean, we can't disregard uh, animation as well. One of our two favorites, one, one of both of our favorites, Coraline. Coraline. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I no, knew you absolutely. knew what I was going to say. Yeah. So that yeah. one kind of does the uh, the same the same concept kind of a little bit there as um, the Wizard of Oz. What's interesting to me about Coraline is, is uh, the outside during mm-hmm. claymation uh, when she's in her regular house. It's gloomy and dark, and you know everyone's and they're wearing you know olive, I love olive the green. Dad. He's like staring. Yeah, at him. he's like they're wearing olive green on, and like burgundy Coraline. and stuff. Yeah. And then she goes over to the button dimension and it's bright yellow, bright orange. Well, so that's like, what I was going to say. It's yeah. like, it's kind of the same thing as it's, it's really, when you think about it a little bit, like the Wizard of Oz, <clears throat> it's drab in the beginning. Okay. Yeah. yeah she yeah, meets yeah. someone yeah. who, who kind of catches her eye and then she gets transported to another dimension pretty much where everything's bright and perfect and beautiful. And then there's no place like home when she wants to come back home. Okay. <laughs> Although they're not the same movie at all, but um, I, well, I, I do, I do. Like I don't Coraline disagree. But but I think Coraline also uses the button dimension does not get enough credit because that garden is beautiful. The way they use like flowers a, to turn into light, like whoever created in their imagination, like you know, giant. Um, uh, <laughs> what is it? The um, what are they? A praying mantis. Oh yeah, Her yeah. Her button is riding yeah. a praying mantis with wheels. <laughs> like this is so genius. And you zoom out, and it's Coraline's face. I'm like, what? I love that. Dude, I've got to get that Coraline Nika action figure. Oh, God, I'd love it. I have to have that for the studio. It's It, it would be perfect. But, but you know what's funny? I do still think that the... Um, I'm going to buy it now. I do still think that the house before she went to the button dimension is still pretty. Like, the way they made it was still pretty. Yes. It's very boring, and it's very drab. But wasn't it, like, but, pink? Yeah, but it, yeah. It, was, it was, like, pale pink. It was pastel. It's, it's like you knew it had potential. <laughs> right. But, yeah, it was just weird and bland. But I think um, I think they did a wonderful job of of kind of the same as um, we were just saying, where they uh, they made something so bland and uh, boring feel interesting. I just bought the Coraline action figure. <laughs> Are you serious? What the fuck, John? That's what wine does to me. Thirty six dollars. <laughs> hey, chill. People are gonna hear this. Thirty six fifty one. They're gonna think I'm an idiot. This. Well, I mean, I'm a collector, so it's okay. Yeah, that, um, go ahead and tell yourself. That is what I am. I had mentioned uh, two directors on here that are probably, in my mind, probably the most well-known as far as color coding as oh, as yeah. as, a, as, a, as a like theory for them. Like it's it's well, almost I, a, a not so much color coding, but like their their specific movies have the same. Not the, the same, same colors, yeah. Not the, the same, same colors, but you can is. tell. You can tell it's their movie. Right. One was Wes Anderson. Everything is pastel pink. Yeah, or or, or uh, white. <laughs> so Grand Budapest was uh, pink, purple, and red, and Moonrise Kingdom is tan, green, yellow, and a little bit of blue. Uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox is tan, orange, red. I mean, see, I haven't seen all of them yet. I know, I know, and I, I'd really, you know, there's World Tenenbaums, uh, Darjeeling Unlimited. Mm-hmm. There's so many movies by him, and every single one has such a specific look to it. You know what I mean? Right. Um, Tim Burton was my yes. other one. <laughs> Tim Burton, I, first first movie that comes to mind is Edward Scissorhands. 
But you know what's funny with that one? Mm. I feel like that's the one Tim Burton movie that's different from the rest of his. Okay. I feel like all the other movies, and maybe it's because they're the claymation or whatever kind of animation he does, but they're all very dark and gray and black and white. But I feel like Edward Scissorhands, although Edward is wearing his black, you know, and it's very much like dark, dreary castle, that is a very bright and colorful movie. But, well, that's what makes it, that's what makes that the one that comes to mind is that he leaves his dark castle and he's still the guy from the dark castle. Right. But he comes down to the pastel suburbs. But that's what I'm saying. That one's very different from... Like the other one, like you, I mean, even if. And all uh, the moms are in yellow bathrobes and pink yeah, bathrobes. Yeah, it's like, it's and, like you jump into like a. a an alternate universe. To he be really, honest, he, you know what always, it reminds me of Nuketown from. Black oh, Oaks. yeah, yeah, it does. It's like yeah. so perfect and like bright and colorful and it's like moms wearing aprons mm. and like. <laughs> um, Timber, I mean, this, technically we can't talk about Tim Burton color without. One of his brightest movies, Charlie and Chocolate Factory. That is a very bright for him. <laughs> God. But you know what's funny? Yeah, he makes one, a lot of dark movies. So that one starts off very much like a Tim Burton esque. Like it's it's kind of dark. It's snowing. It's of cold. course it's snowing. Like, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> Even in Edward Scissorhands, it's not snowing and he acts like it's snowing. So mm-hmm. um <laughs> let's see, what is some other Mars Attacks is really bright? I haven't seen that one. You watch. You kind of watched it out of the corner of your eye with me. That's I, the one with the super bright CGI aliens. I don't remember. Okay. Um, Tim Burton. Tim Burton. You know what one I haven't seen? I mean, seen? Corpse Bride, Nightmare Before Christmas. It, it's it's they're both dark, but like they're very color coded still. Mm-hmm. Blues and blacks, purples, mm-hmm. grays, whites. Um, they they stick to what they're doing. You right. know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Um. Two more that I, I didn't mention. I, I want to kind of move on to the next spot of beautiful movies. Hairspray, the musical. Oh. We, we've mentioned it a couple times in the podcast. We love Hairspray. We love Hairspray. Just you guys know. It encapsulates uh, the 50s. There's big, bright colors and even brighter big personalities. giant hair. Yeah, huge <laughs> hair. Uh, there's lime green. There's pastel purple. There's patterns. There's yeah, yeah, that's a that's a really good point that I haven't kind of touched on. Mm-hmm. That, Stripes and plaid and checkerboard, yeah. and they did a beautiful job with that movie. I mean, it, they they use their colors and their um, their just overall environment, and they really transport you back. You know, you feel like you, and, and it's funny because you're watching like it's a Zac Efron and a that's one of those yeah, that's like, one of those few. 50s movies that it really felt like I was watching mm-hmm. something. In the 50s. But it's funny because like I'm watching my childhood. Yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> this is Troy Bolton and yeah. he's singing. <laughs> Don't forget John Travolta the is mom. the mom. <laughs> um, Love him. Christopher Walken is the dad. <laughs> and what I didn't want to forget, and I'm just just because this is one of the most recent movies that I loved so much that was black and white, The Lighthouse. Uh a lot of movies back in the day obviously only could use black and white. But right. Right. To use black and white as a as a as a directorial choice, as a cinematographer cinematographer's choice. Right. Uh that's what kind of makes it color coding to me. They decided, like, I'm gonna put you in these dark clothes, I'm gonna put you in this dark lighthouse, so the black is so uh deep. pulled in. Yeah, pulled it's in by very, the camera. It's very, 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 very deep. The lens. whole movie yeah. is if it wasn't so funny, it would be depressing. Oh, absolutely. And, also, and, well, also on Amazon Prime now. 
I, I'm gonna end up doing a review on that movie, so I really want you all to watch that. It's so good. It's it's a it's, it's so a wonderful good. movie. Yeah. Um. Robert Pattinson, Willem Dafoe. It's a Robert Eggers movie. Um. It's a beautiful movie. It it, it but it, it's kind of the same concept. It's black and white, so it's yeah, like yeah. you don't expect something that looks so boring to yeah. be so interesting. So right that. Exactly. It mm-hmm. seems drab, but the the personality of the movie brings it out. Right. So that that's kind of what we had mentioned down for color coded movies. That's just kind of what came down to our that, that's what came to our mind first when we uh, brought up these topics that we're going to go through for this podcast. Um, the next thing we talked about was movies that don't really fit that color coded mold. Like this isn't like necessarily aesthetically beautiful. Well. They are aesthetically beautiful. They're just not like they're unique. They're not. They don't. They don't. They're not like using colors for. I mean, as far as we know. <laughs> yeah. And okay. Yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. Uh. So this is what I, what I brought up the beginning of this podcast for. Um. When people listen to the ones we name off separately, they're really gonna hear the difference in what you and I find beautiful. That's that's true. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Uh, if you want to start us off, you, you've got the first movie uh, on the... Yeah, so I said Clueless because Which it I, is. Yeah, it's I mean, a beautiful it's... movie. Um, they do a good job. I guess that one is... It's very whimsical. It's based on clothing she's... choices, what makes it be- beautiful. Well, well, that, you know, her house is beautiful. Yeah. She's got a pretty... She's rich. She's got yeah. a pretty life. Like, her friends are all stereotypical, but they're like... Mm-hmm. They're all pretty, like, it's Paul Rudd, everything. I just, I'm a big fan of, like, the 80s, 90s, like, pastel pink aesthetic thing. Like, The Breakfast Club, Pretty in Pink, Clueless, Legally Blonde. Mm-hmm. Like, I, that has its own, like, rom-com genre type of thing where I feel like it just, it just pulls you it, in. It looked like something. Yeah. It has its own It's category. got a haze over it. Like the sun's never sharp. Oh, if you sharp, like haze, just I'm wait not, until I start talking about my shit. <laughs> Mine isn't a, shit. a haze. Mine is more of a glaze. He's gonna like be like, and Rob Zombie made. I don't give a shit. I do have a Rob Zombie Shut movie up. right here. <laughs> no, I mean like it's it's a haze like as if you were wearing glasses and they got fogged up a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's like a it's like a a true haze where it's like the sun glows a little bit. Like with a halo around, you know what I'm saying? It's like the whole the whole movie kind of has like a, a there's almost out of tuned. focus. Yeah, it's yeah, very it's a little fun. bit blurred. So I, I just I don't know. I think I think they do a good job of just and they're just it's a pretty movie. Clueless For this one, movie. do you want to just kind of bounce back and forth with yeah, with what we've got? Okay, my first one is the exact opposite of Clueless. I've never seen it, so I'm not going to talk about it. Uh, <laughs> the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, um, Toby Hooper directed. Uh, Probably one of the first, in terms of what people talk about, uh, probably one of the first slasher movies. The 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 first, other than like Norman Bates, that was probably the first like killer people recognized when you talked about you know movie killers was Leatherface. Uh, it's from 1974. It was filmed on 16 millimeter film, which he's gonna bring up a lot. I think I only have two movies on here that were filmed on. But he's going to let 16. you know it's 16 millimeter. Yeah, well, I like 16 and 35, which is obviously just the douche in me. Um, <laughs> and I bought a 16 millimeter, millimeter camera that I, I'm super excited to use, too. Mm. A couple of these movies that 
I think I've told you about before that were 16 millimeter are like the reason I bought that. Right. Yeah. Um, Texas Chainsaw, for a movie, for what for what that movie encapsulates, I think it could not have been pretty. If that movie wasn't made in the 70s and it was made for the first time in the 2000s, I think it should be a, I think it should be a bomb. Because that movie is not supposed to be pretty. Right. That's supposed to be grime and grit, uh, slime on the camera. like, And, I mean, they went through hell in that movie, too. It was, a, it was a shitty budget, and it was Toby Hooper's first movie. And I've told you about the notorious, like, 27-hour yeah. filming day they right. had. like, And that was all on film. So that's 27 hours of rolling film. It's a lot of money. Right. Um. And I'm going to talk about it with the next movie I bring up, too. There's just a little bit of charm in, in really low budgets and stuff. No, there definitely is. Yeah. You kind of can feel it from them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You you. There's a little bit more passion in low budget that I feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the next one <laughs> is a Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah. Which John just saw for the first time a couple weeks ago. It was so good. Uh, that movie's batshit if you've never seen it. It's crazy. It's uh, it's absolutely insane. But mm-hmm. um, that one does a good job of being pretty too. I mean, there's a lot of bright reds, bright pink. Without there's, necessarily being color-coded. Yeah, it's not color-coded. It's just very much like... There's a lot of striking imagery. Yeah, that's not that's even exactly colors, what it is. Imagery. It's like, yeah, it's very much like it'll be a big giant room with like a solid red wall, and there's just like a glass box in the middle. Like, why? <laughs> but it's such a beautiful, it's such a beautiful movie. Yeah. Um, and Tim Curry. You can't go oh, with Tim the Curry. Best. Yeah. <laughs> the best. Yeah. The best. Yeah. Tim Curry's beautiful in everything he's in. I love him. Um, another 16 millimeter for me. But but a not, a not a sixteen millimeter movie from back when like you had to be on film. Uh, this is Devil's Rejects. Rob Zombie. He he decided based on the look of like what I was just talking about with like the dirt and the 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 film on film. Right. Like it was just it was nasty, and he knew the the characters he was filming were nasty people mm-hmm. so he was like this is what it needs to be on this just makes sense to see, me see i'm surprised you said devil's rejects and not house of a thousand that was 35 millimeter i like 35 millimeter yeah, movies no but i'm saying like to be a, like, a that beautiful was- movie well you gotta think like when i'm talking about what i like look wise i'm talking about this grime like, i guess so i i like movies i feel like for cheap. me house of a thousand it's still not like a pretty like aesthetically pretty movie but like i think that one fits my mold for what a pretty movie is more so i think that more. movie has a lot more colors in it that's what i'm saying it yeah. has a lot more um mm-hmm. a lot more depth i feel like than, yeah than devil rejects devil right. rejects is like here we are driving down a sandy road and we're gonna go to a dirty grimy hotel like it's just <laughs> yeah yeah i guess so right but um, that's okay it's all good. What's next for you? Uh, next on the list that we have is uh, American Beauty. Yeah, American Beauty is gorgeous. Which I think, yeah, it's it's but a it's beautiful... gorgeous in a weird way. Like it, it's gorgeous in a like you know these people way. Well, it's kind of the same as uh, as Clueless in the way that I feel like it has a little bit of a haze over it. Mm-hmm. It's like it's got it's got a little bit of a charm to the way they filmed it. Mm-hmm. Um, even though the things that are happening in it aren't necessarily charming. <laughs> yeah. Like this man's going through a midlife crisis and you're like, um, why is he coming on to a teenager? We don't know. <laughs> like, yeah. Cause it's why is he smoking spacey. weed while he's <laughs> lifting weights in his garage. Like, <laughs> but that one's, a, that's a really funny, um, it's definitely a pretty movie. 
Yeah. It's definitely a pretty movie. But I think it does kind of meet Clueless right there in the middle. Mm-hmm. Without being like a rom-com, it's definitely a um, like a hazy 90s. Like, that's, it has got it's that same, the 90s look. It's exactly it, what it, it is. It looks like Con Air. It looks like Face Off. It looks like 90s mm-hmm. It looks like you're watching Saved it looks by the like, Bell. Well, no, it doesn't look like Seven. David Fincher's movies look different. But yeah. Yeah. Um, you got the next two. You you really wanted to mention the next two yourself. Well, so. And I guess I'm going to have to mention it every time. If you want to pull them off, if you want to pull either of these off, it's okay. It's just up to no, you. No, I'll definitely mention both of them. Okay. Um, <laughs> Back to the Future is the first one I have on here. <laughs> um, Which I guess for obvious reasons, it's just, I mean, it's my favorite movie of all time. But I think it's a, um, I think it's a beautiful movie. I think the, I mean, they didn't color code anything necessarily, but there's just a lot of neon you know, they, they, they did a good job of making you notice just by the background that you're in the 80s. And they did a wonderful job going back to the 50s of making everything have that look to it. Like, everything, again, kind of has that, like, pastel. Like, every, every color is muted in the 50s versus every color is so bold and in your face in the 80s that you can just tell by looking at it that that's... So, for that happening. one, the production sticks out to you. Well, yeah. but But, I mean, like, there's a lot of, I mean there's a lot of colors that are, that are used. Like you have, um, your like mint greens and your pastel pinks in the fifties that they use for a lot of stuff. And like the mm-hmm. blue at the dance and everything, and you know, like the white tuxes and it, it looks so much like the fifties. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, yeah, with the eighties, they had all the, um, yeah, the bright neon and like the, it's very bold colors as well. A little bit more futuristic where it's, you know, silver and you have your striking, striking looks to it in the eighties. Yeah. I can respect that. And your other one, this is one of your childhood favorites because well, it hurt you. Well, so <laughs> Bridget Herbithia <laughs> breaks my heart. Um, it's a beautiful movie in general. I think I loved it when I was a kid too. But the reason I thought about it is because we were talking about beautiful movies, and I don't—you've seen it, right, John? Of course. Okay, so um, the I've reason been I that. well, the reason that I thought about it is, and whoever else has seen it knows exactly what I'm talking about. So it's—I mean—it's a beautiful movie. There's a little bit of CGI in it, whatever. It's you know, it's kids. It's very imagination based. Um, but there is a specific scene when Josh Hutchison is at the is at um um what's her name in the movie? It's Anna Sophia Robb as the actress, but I forget her name in the movie. I have no idea what her name is. I don't is remember. In the movie. I don't remember no. his either. But um, he goes to Anna's house, and uh, her parents are painting the dining room, and the paint they're using is this like golden flaked paint, and that stuck in my head since I was like seven. I'm not shitting you. Like I <clears throat> think every time someone mentions Bridget Terabithia, you think I'd think of like the bully on the bus or like the big giant, you know, like the treehouse right. or like the rope swing. I'm thinking of the paint in the fucking <laughs> the next door house that like reflects in the sunlight. So it's just so like stupid of me, but that's, yeah. that's, it's a really pretty movie. And I think the beginning when he's running and the waters, you know, knocking the sharpie off of his shoe and mm-hmm. everything. It's, it's a pretty movie, but I uh, I had to mention the uh, the golden wall because I've thought about that since I was a kid. Right. The last one I wanted to talk about was uh, Blair Witch. Which, uh, which, um, it's, it's a very, another very like cheap looking movie because it was cheap. No, it definitely was cheap. It was like a $10,000 movie. Can you look that up after you look up Bridge Terabithia? Yeah. I'm, I'm very curious how much it was, look, but I know. Golden Room Paint. That literally comes up on Google. You see this? Yeah, it's, it's. That's not the one they use, but it, where's the scene? Sorry, I have to find it because I'm just, you see this? Yes. It reflects behind her, and I remember seeing it that. It has and I was specific like, Damn. shine, yeah. 
I'm like, that's such a pretty, like, what the hell? I've never seen anything like that. Okay, let me look up. What'd you say? Uh, look up how much, look up budget for Blair Witch. We're just going to sit in silence until budget comes up. Yep, just take a break. 60,000. 60, now look up how much they Box made. Box office is 248.6 million. Jesus, and that's not counting DVD sales, Blu-ray sales, syndication. That is just box office. Yeah. Uh, so so that's kind of one of the things that that was on a digital video camera. Yeah, that's like, bad shit. There, there's a little bit of charm that comes with that. I remember how scared I was when I watched that. That's just time. like Paranormal Activity where it's like there's Dude. charm to it. Because you know these were people who had passion but no money. Right. Just like, right. Just like all my favorites. Like, I, I don't know. I don't want to. If you haven't seen Blair Witch, don't listen to the next like 30 seconds. But the, a dude, when they got to that fucking cabin in the woods and their the friend was standing in the corner it's facing the, the wall. There's a <laughs> little. Yeah, there, there's, there's some really shitty parts about when the, they go out and there's like all what the twigs. that might mean. Like, yeah. yeah. But there's all like the twigs that are like that are um bent into um like the, the, humans. The, Oh, like, okay. Like I thought like you were talking about the symbols figures. that it makes. Yeah, and then yeah. they they found his teeth in a bandana. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? That movie's fucked up, dude. I remember I showed terrifying. Chase that for the first time when we were God, moving out of the you apartment. You ruined Chase. <laughs> I showed him that, and then I showed him the remake. Well, not the remake, the sequel, mm-hmm. which was also really scary to me. Right. But... You know, he was I just like he was I like that had it. too big of a budget. Like I don't like that. And I was like, I, that's um, fair. That, yeah, that I mean, that's really what makes it. That makes it pretty scary too. It makes it, it scary because so you feel like these are people you know. I feel like you know what you know what movie it just reminded me of that. Um, huh. Not that it's a beautiful movie in any way, and it's mm. kind of cheesy now thinking about it. I might still like it. You know me. I might still like. I what don't know if it? you've seen it. What is it? Um, it's uh, Grave Encounters. Have you seen that? Sounds familiar. So the reason that I Who's thought about it? it is, uh, I there's a bunch of no names. Okay. It's like a spoof of Ghost Adventures because the main okay. guy kind of looks like Zach. He's got like he's like a tool shirt, not All a tool right. shirt. He's a, he's a tool and he's wearing a black shirt that's tight on his arm, like arms, a like hair spiked. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly what he looks like. Yeah. Um, but you reminded me of that one because it's filmed like found footage. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be found footage. Yeah. Um, but another fun fact with that one, a uh, terrifying fucking part in that movie because they're in an, like an asylum. It's a bandit, and of course, like two, three a.m. rolls around and the door is locked, and you know shit hits the fan. They're mm-hmm. trying to get out, and the front door has like spray paint on the front of it that the guy locked them in, and it won't open. And he's not coming back till six a.m. So they take like a table and they batter this this door down, and when they batter the front door down, it's a fucking hallway. And then they close the doors, and it's got a spray paint <laughs> from the front door, but it's a hallway. And I'm like, it's terrifying. What are you looking at? Did you hear something? No. Okay. Must be the Blair Witch. Why would you anyway. say that? <laughs> Why would you say that to uh, me? Jungle, that, lock the door. That brings me to my next point, which is um, we're kind of kind of jump through I'm these. Lock the door, because John's. <laughs> okay, so just listen to me while you're up. Um, we're gonna kind of jump through these because I I actually want to do a whole podcast on this. But um, film versus digital and CGI versus practical effects. Like, what what makes beautiful to you as far as both of those go? I and do you care? Like, I'm I'm okay with both, but like, I don't necessarily. I, have my I don't necessarily care. I think you could do a beautiful movie with either. Um, mm-hmm. I am a big fan of practical effects, and you know, like where like a claymation would meet a CGI, because I'm just a fan of people doing things by hand. Yeah, like there's a, there, I mean, there's a lot of talent that goes in CGI too. Don't get me wrong, there's a lot that goes into it, but I think there's just, a, there's just an added 
there's an added like beauty to it when it's a mixture. Like, I don't know if anyone else has seen stranger things or watched like the, the behind the scenes for the second season. It's right there on Netflix with it. But, um, I kind of like when things meet in the middle, like they built those tunnels mm-hmm. and then they still use CGI to make it look like it's growing and gross. And, and yeah. Stuff. But like they, yeah. they like, they physically built the tunnels and they put the back lights and yeah, no, I, I, li- you know, I like I, that too. Yeah. I, I kind of like where it meets in the middle. Cause I, I feel like it's still, that's the fun of it, you know, is to get mm-hmm. your hands dirty and like have to measure shit out and like do it. Right. I, I, so I'm more of a, what about film and digital? Do you, do you have a preference? I don't really have a preference. Uh, Cause okay. I, I mean, I know you like a lot of digital movies and I do too, but I'm, I like the look that film has. I do. It has that grainy, you know, I feel like it does make certain movies, but I don't have like a preference. I okay. think, I think it could be beautiful either way. I, I, I mean, respect I, that. I don't yeah. have like a favorite because it's digital or because it's film. Mm-hmm. I think that just adds to, you know, whatever, whatever they decided artistically, I feel like, Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. I feel like most movies that actually end up working, I think they made the right decision. I think that's a lot of mm-hmm. what what made the look was this was supposed to be digital or right. this was supposed to be a film movie. Right. Yeah. I mean, naturally speaking, like generally I like film and I like practical effects. Like, you know, like American Werewolf in London is the perfect movie. Like, you know, like that's that's got both of those. It's got amazing makeup effects and it's mm-hmm. got you know spectacular film it doesn't break at all like it, it's really good um we want to kind of to uh la- last category before... what was that <laughs> we want to kind of to last no category. i said we wanted to kind of you didn't say that you said we want to kind of damn <laughs> this uh barefoot's hitting so <laughs> we uh, kinda too... we're gonna run through what just kind of <laughs> here i go again um these are movies that have beautiful cinematography. This is the one that I feel like is going to have. If, if the I most honest, of- if I honest, listening, I just thought of her video where she goes, "Okay, so okay, okay, so." <laughs> um, sorry, she was okay. No, good. you're good. The uh, these <laughs> movies, we're gonna leave a lot out. Is what I'm trying to get around. Uh, I wanted to say it, educate like with an educated mind but that obviously didn't come out i guess i don't oh. have one um <laughs> he's looking for it still it's yeah awesome. I'm, I'm looking for the right words to say i didn't want to be like these are movies that the cameraman did good like but they are so uh <laughs> uh cinematography i'd like to do a whole podcast on these so i guess that's why it's not big stress that i left a lot of them out but these are the first ones that came to mind well and you can kind of dive in more so when you do one that's you know yeah on, all on, on cinematography yeah yeah uh, Pan's Labyrinth is very pretty. You haven't seen it. No, I haven't. But I just watched it for the first time the other day. It's a it's a fantasy movie by Guillermo del Toro, who did Hellboy, and um, he just did the new Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Oh yeah, he's done a lot. He's done a lot of he, movies um, that I'm not thinking of. He did one that we watched in Spanish class. Did you guys have to watch? That? Oh, um, it was like The Orphanage or something like that. Well, he did The Orphan, I think. No, 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 no. It it wasn't. Oh, the he did The like, Orphanage, I think. It, was it called the orphanage it was yeah, the one on. it was all in spanish and we had to watch it in spanish class i mean they have a dubbed version but um it's like the kids with the halloween um and there's the one character them. with the sack sack mask. yeah that's what it is yeah the sack mask i'm looking it um, up oh he did a uh, shape of water too yeah oh he's doing a pinocchio movie that's um, awesome the, yeah, orphanage. the orphanage yeah yeah, yeah okay yeah no, the orphan is the or orphan is the one where the girl is actually 
an adult. Well, we spoiled it. If you haven't seen it, that's what Who it cares? Is. That movie sucks I ass. loved that movie. That movie sucked. I haven't seen it in like 10 years, though, so. It's going to change for you when you watch it. Yeah, it, it might change. <laughs> uh, Midsummer. Uh, we don't really have anything else to say about that. We talked about that we talked a, lot a couple about weeks ago, and it's beautiful movie. gorgeous. It's it's yeah. gory, also. It's yeah. pretty gross sometimes, but it's a beautiful Tasteful. movie. Tasteful. I don't know about that, but. Her. Spike Jones, Joaquin Phoenix, Scarlett Johansson, Chris Pratt. So many p- people in that movie. Amy Adams. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that movie. I think it's beautiful. You haven't seen it. Um, that's another one I really kind of probably should have put in color-coded, but it's gorgeous. Um, mm-hmm. It's a very shiny, chic movie. Uh, no Country for Old Men, another one of those sand tone movies that I mm-hmm. love. It, it's a neo-Western. There's no cowboys in it, but like. Well, I guess you you might could call Josh Brolin a cowboy in it, but like, you know, it's in like set in like the seventies, nineteen seventies. Right, right. Yeah, um, Joker. You love the way Joker looked. I like Joker. I think it. Yeah, the I've, darks were dark, the lights were light. Yeah, I mean, they did a pretty good job of making you feel a little bit uneasy the whole time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they kind of made it look dirty. You know, everything's dirty and grimy and gross. And yeah, you're like, this dude's weird. I don't know about him <laughs> <laughs> the whole time. Um. John Wick I put up here. Every John Wick movie has come out and looked super cool. Uh, space age futuristic almost for an assassin movie. Well, you know, and some some of the scenes in John Wick too. I mean, especially in the first John Wick, at least I've seen that one. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> there's uh, like the fight scene that they have from, is it was it like a bar or like a club? Everything's like pink behind him. It's like pink yeah. and red. And they're, fi- they're fighting. I love they're that blue. scene. That's one of the they're best. blue and black mm-hmm. and they're fighting and it's pink and red behind them. Mm-hmm. So I think. Yeah, kind of. I mean, it kind of gave that contrast to it a little bit. Oh, I talked about there will be blood. Mm-hmm. Once upon a time in Hollywood, I can also kind of throw that in with Hateful Eight because they're both shot on thirty-five, and they both encapsulate the time period very well. So the production is good with the cinematography. Uh, it looks like these are these are real people in the time they're in. No, it definitely know? does. Tarantino did a great job with both of those, as he usually does. I mean, you can't hate on the man for real. Well. Uh, he's a weird guy, but uh, Denny Villanueva, I, I always feel like I'm fucking that name up. Prisoner's Enemy, Sicario. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got really cool darks in his movies. He's got a lot of darks. The, uh, the All of Enemy is like a, you said sepia tone earlier. Is sepia the blue or brown? The, I'd say everything's that, brown. I, it's kind of like enemy is all filmed with chicken broth over the camera. Like it's it's all kind of yellow green brown. Like he said it's no chicken yeah, broth. it is. It is. It's it's cool though. It's really good. It's a good movie and it looks good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal looks cool as shit in that movie, like he usually does. And Sicario's great. Emily Blunt, Josh Brolin, and Benicio del Toro all look good in that movie. And there's a lot of cool shots in that movie. I posted that to the Instagram page, and Sikara is really good looking. Uh, David Fincher, Fight Club, Benjamin Button, um, Seven. I, I did love Benjamin Button. That's a pretty movie. Yeah, uh, Seven, Gone Girl. I could just Gone Girl's a pretty movie. Run them off. Yeah, Gone Girl's got a lot of blue. No, it's very much. It's very much. Gone Girl's which got which a I lot think artistically, blue. you know, yeah. was used to put you in that setting where it's like. Mm-hmm. nothing is good here <laughs> well, yeah, yeah yeah and it's i mean everything's like blue and gray shines where it's supposed to darkens where it's supposed to you mm-hmm. know like at the candlelight vigil everything's really bright and and 
warm. You know, Ben Affleck's at the center of the camera. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that kind of speaks something cinematography wise is just that he's in the middle of all this and, you know, he's his main concern because he's a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, David Fincher always does good, though, even even though he made one of the worst alien movies. He's cool. Um, Jojo Rabbit. We watched Jojo oh, Rabbit. Beautiful movie. It's fun, too. Um, yeah. yeah. No, Taika Waititi is cool. Uh, he, all his movies look pretty. Thor Ragnarok looked good. What We Do in the Shadows looked good. But Jojo Rabbit looked like Germany. No, it definitely did. Yeah. And I feel like I feel like all that color really puts you like because the main character is a little boy, you mm-hmm. know, and it kind of makes you feel. I mean, the colors are very bright and it's, whimsical. Yeah, so it's kind of like it does kind of take you back to being a kid, you know. Yeah, and, and you it's almost. Think, I don't want to say childish, but it's. Yeah, right. It's not. It's not childish in that way, but it's like it does. It does. It pulls you back. Yeah, it definitely does. Um, parasite. Parasite's a beautiful. I can't movie. say enough good things about the movie itself, but like when it comes to like the way it looked. Everything looked like it was scrubbed down before each shot. Like it looked like a rich person's house. And and they caught all the right shots coming around the corner, peeking through the window, uh, overlooking the house. Everything was so gorgeous. Uh, Nicholas Winding Refn makes good. Uh, whoever he hires for a cinematographer deserves all the money in the world. I'll give him mine. Uh, Bronson Drive, Only God Forgives, and Valhalla Rising, and all of his Danish movies too. Pusher, Bleeder. Uh, Pusher 2, Pusher 3. He he makes really cool movies. It Follows was probably one of the yeah. prettiest horror movies I've ever seen. Yeah, it was a beautiful movie. That's, and terrifying. That's a without there being really any blood. Well, a little bit, but there there's no there there's a big threat that's not Yeah, it's that's not, not intimidating. N- well, well, well it's not it's not like a It's not murderer. a killer, yeah. Yeah. You're so used to something t- chasing you and it being like, like you know, they have a, a guy. weapon, they're going to kill you. Yeah, it's, it's a dude. This no, is just dude. so, like, you never know when it's going to be there, and then you see it, and it's like, I have a terrible fear of being chased anyway, so this movie was, like, on my nerves. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> it's a beautiful and terrifying movie. So. Yeah. Um, and then the last one I'm going to let you talk about, I like that movie too, but... I know you specifically mentioned how pretty you liked the cinematography, how how good it looked. Mm-hmm. So, after you. Oh, the uh, <laughs> the new It, the first one. Well, the It remake, not Either. the new one. I guess it's not that new. I mean, yeah, the new one, chapter two. That's why I said the first one. Oh, okay, go on. It from twenty seventeen. Uh, beautiful movie. It was a beautiful movie, and it was dark when it needed to be dark, when it needed to be scary. And when the kids were doing things, it was a little bit more bubbly. It was more yellows. It was more. It was more friendly and bright. Um, Somehow they made that one look like it was shot on film digitally. Yeah, they did. They did. But I think a little bit of that comes with because it was supposed to be taking place. What year was that? Like the seventies? Yeah. It, well, it was the eighties, but 80s, I feel like yeah. it was probably edited. Yeah, it was. It was probably yeah. edited to give it that. Yeah, that, film that, look. that grit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stop Sorry. Things with yeah. making noise. No, I stretched my arms. Well, stop. <laughs> okay um yeah it's really pretty mm-hmm. there's a lot of cool shots in all those pretty. movies huh uh-huh. there's, uh-huh. a, there's a lot of cool shots in all those movies um but yeah and like i said i can't really sum this up as a podcast to talk about uh 
you know, these are the only beautiful movies I've ever seen. But like, mm-hmm. it, it's kind of like these categories are what I look for when I decide if a movie looks good to me. Right. If if this, if this movie makes sense and it's pretty, and you know everything goes how it's if it fits imagery wise into my brain the way it's supposed to, like. Well, you know what's funny with that? I feel like, and maybe it's just, it might just be you and I, or, or mm-hmm. maybe it's a general thing. I feel like in order for something to be your favorite, it kind of has to appeal to all of your senses. Whatever it is that you find appealing. I think that makes sense. Like your really? favorite of all time is The Second Evil Dead. That's yeah. a pretty movie. But for it's, being a horror it's movie. It's all shot on low budget film. Like right. it's, 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 it's low... kind of grimy, but yeah. it's very much aesthetically like it's like it's an old wood it's cabin. Got it's got it's the red and the blue and the like and the most important part of an aesthetic for a movie, the most important part if you want your movie to look good, it's got Bruce Campbell in it. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but, that, but that's what I'm saying. I think a lot of times, you know, favorite movies kind of end up being it it, it strikes all of all the parts it needs mm-hmm. to. For it to be, you know, as, yeah. as great as it is for you. I feel like you have to really, you have to like the way it looks and the way it feels and what happens in it and everything else. So, yeah. Okay. I, you know? I, I agree with that. Yeah. Uh, that well, That's basically the only reason I split these categories up is I just wanted people to know what I look for personally. Right. And I know everyone looks for different things. So that's just kind of where, where my brain's at when I'm looking for different stuff. You know, mm-hmm. like I, I, I think I think like summarizing, like generalizing for mm-hmm. me. I think I like things where the the bright colors shine and catch your eye, but the dark colors also shine and catch your eye. If that makes any sense. Okay. Like I love Stranger Things because you know everything that's bright is bright. The neon and the and the you know what whatever it happens to be, but everything that's dark, like even when they're underground, it's still twinkling. It's like it's still it's still almost like a night sky. Pretty, yeah. Even though it's scary and dark and grimy, you know what I'm saying? Like I think that's kind of like that's kind of how mine mine is. But I think yours, it's like you want to be bright and overexposed and like light and dark, but you want to be gritty and grimy a little bit. Well, I don't even mind if it's overexposed and bright. I don't Mm -hmm. mind a dark movie. Texas Chainsaw is very badly lit it's right, like they right. didn't have it's like they spent all their money and then said oh shit we needed lights mm-hmm. like even in the even in the scenes where they had lighting but like, you know what's funny hmm. that i just realized you did you watched a lot of like westerns when you were a kid right oh i up love western movies. so so that's what's funny to me it's like i so john grew up watching westerns with his grandparents like yeah. you i think i think a lot of your what you think is beautiful in a movie comes from that a little bit. That's interesting. Because I grew up watching like a Cinderella story and the little mermaid and that's things that were bright and, and digital. beautiful Film and digitally, digital. Yeah. And I think that's a lot of that comes just from what you've seen the most of like, like mm. in your developmental years, you know what you, when you started realizing that things were pretty, that's what it was for you, you know? Yeah. Because I definitely watched a lot of watching Rio Bravo and seeing the the speckles and the cuts in the film as it rolls over, like Mm -hmm. that. You know that that's versus while my grandfather was watching Gunsmoke. I'm playing with Barbie dolls. I love Gunsmoke. (laughs) I was like, but they have little shoes and they have the book bag. Like I don't care about horses. That's why I love Clueless because she's like she's got like a computer picking her outfit. I'm like, I want to shit my pants to have that. (laughs) Like. (laughs) Um, so as far as recommendations for the week goes, I have one, I have a big one, 
And I think the reason it's a it's a it's a good choice for this week is because it's such a gorgeous movie. Um and it also just made me realize that Mandy isn't directed by Yorgos Lanthimos. It's a different Greek guy. <laughs> because this is directed by Yorgos Lanthimos and it's not the same dude. Okay. Stupid, stupid me. Um The Killing of a Sacred Deer. It's on Netflix. There's a lot of uh, unknowns um, in it, but Colin Farrell stars in it. And it's it's a very, very chilling, dark movie about uh, family loss and revenge. And if revenge is right, it, it makes you think like you don't know whose side to be on necessarily because like sometimes you agree with the good guy, sometimes you agree with the bad guy, um, and I I don't want to deep delve too deep into it, but I I think it, it's really good for anybody who enjoys psychological thriller, who is most of us. Um. I'm trying to find a Netflix recommendation. It's all good. It's all good. I I kind of I kind of want to keep talking. What? Okay. It's not. It's that's not on. Yeah, it is. Not on our Netflix. Are we sure? Yeah, that's on international Netflix. Oh, uh, whatever. Yeah. You ain't get the Netflix app. No, I don't. <laughs> Let me get the Netflix. Hold on. Hold on, bro. Do you have it? Yeah. Give me your phone. Why are you making my life difficult? I didn't know. I thought you were ready. You know we do recommendations at the end of every every evening that we do this. Whatever. Look uh, through. Yeah, look through our our continue watching because. Why is it showing Supernatural four times? <laughs> I don't know. It probably just keeps starting us over. Yeah, see, because Ash vs. Evil Dead keeps uh, popping up. Hold on. My list. Here we go. Oh, that's on there. Oh, I love it. Oh, that's on there. Are you going to tell them? No. Tell them a couple. I only gave them one. You can fill up uh, the list. Mystic River is on Netflix. <laughs> Tim Robbins, a- Kevin Bacon, Sean Penn. Yes. Uh, chick from Shameless. <laughs> Uh, 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 Amy Rossum. Yes. Yes. Um, so Mystic River is a really good movie. Haven't watched it in a long time, but I just saw it's on here. Uh, <laughs> it's a, uh, it's a thriller, like crime. I don't Revenge. Drama, revenge. revenge. I mean, it's yeah. a, it's a really good movie. It's a wonderful, if you're in the mood for something bad shit, <laughs> that's a good one. Um, yeah, it's good. My next recommendation is because it's right next to it on my list is uh, What's Eating Gilbert Grape, which I have watched a hundred thousand times. It is DiCaprio, it is Johnny Depp, it is What's Her Face from uh, Back to the Future, the third one. What's her name that plays Doc's girlfriend? What's her name? The mom from Step Brothers. The mom from Step Brothers. Yeah, that's her um, name. <laughs> yes. Uh, what's Eating Gilbert Grape is like a family drama, I guess you would consider it. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's it's that that's another beautiful movie. That's a that's a pretty movie. It's got that light haze over it. It's okay. It's, it's, it's a pretty movie. It's it's a good looking. Uh, it's, really, yeah. really wonderful acting, and and that one, I think that one's a good movie. If you haven't seen it, you need to see it because I there's man, that's a must see. Mm-hmm. It's it's a heart wrenching one though. Yeah, does does tug on your heart a little bit. Also, just just to throw it out there, just looking back at the list, I if I realized that. I made so many idiotic comments during the cinematography because I was like, 
once upon a time really makes you think you're in the fifth or you know back then and like that's not what cinematography is like why was i talking about that like you know what i mean i don't know i don't know i was just so excited to be talking about that movie on the podcast i love that you didn't nonetheless guys um (laughs) this has been a fun one to talk about i i really enjoyed talking about uh looking at these movies i i I like the way everything is that we mentioned i like the way it looked um basically what i'm getting at is like i could watch that ship no audio and still enjoy the movie so um a lot a lot of our podcasts here that, that recently that are talking about like a bunch of different movies use them as recommendations as well um we throw out a shit ton of names. Uh, take them, look them up, buy, uh, rent them on Amazon. Most of them are probably like three bucks. Uh, rent them so the director and actors can get their money. Don't be a dick. Don't pirate movies. Uh, or you could go on to three movies and you could just watch it. Anyway, listen to me instead. Um, any anything else to say about this stuff? Um. Go watch some beautiful movies, guys. I mean, there's a lot of them. We listed a lot of them. If you haven't seen it, if you if you have seen it, man, you got plenty of time. Rewatch something. Look at it for for how it was made and why it was made instead of what's going on. You know what I'm saying? Like like take a deeper look at what you're watching. Yeah, and drop us a comment on Instagram ugh, or Twitter <laughs> on what what you think your favorite uh, looking movie is. What's the most beautiful movie to you? Uh, just because I'm curious. I'd like to hear what everyone else thinks to see if I, you know, didn't remember one, if something didn't come to mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what we didn't mention as a beautiful movie? What? Django. I I didn't I didn't want to flow the shit up with Quentin Tarantino. There's a lot of Tarantino. Well, he's got he, we should have we should have mentioned him with as the a actors, director, yeah. or directors that make movies that are beautiful. Well, like yeah, that. but I also don't really think the Kill Bill movies are necessarily beautiful. And well, they're definitely Tarantino-esque. I yeah. Mean, they, oh, they look like a Tarantino bright movie. And dirty and <laughs> well, you know it's the dirtiest looking one, and I don't think you can disagree. The dirtiest looking Tarantino movie Death is Death Proof. Proof. <laughs> <laughs> that shit literally has the holes in the film. Yeah. 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 Uh, speaking of that, I was watching Grindhouse the other day, the double feature of uh Robert Rodriguez, Planet Terror, and then Quentin Tarantino's Death Proof. And there's, it was so funny because I watched the scene in Planet Terror. It, it was like, you know, like the third act. And then they're talking, and then all of a sudden it goes, Missing Real, please talk to your uh, movie, you know, movie theater uh, manager or something about it. And it was like, this is what they had to fucking deal with when they were using movie reels back in the 70s. Like that shit would run up and you'd have to go ask for your money back. Are you kidding me? Like it was cool that they used that though. I, I really enjoyed watching that. Mm-hmm. That's another one, guys. If you can find Grindhouse somewhere, Planet Terror and then Death Proof, Robert Rodriguez and Quentin Tarantino. I mean, they're both great. Uh Robert Rodriguez has done El Mariachi, Machete, um, From Dusk Till Dawn, you know, Spy Kids. The list goes on and on and on and on. <laughs> Danny Trejo? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> machete. He was a machete in that movie. I love that. Um, but yeah, guys, I, th- I think that's the end for us. Like I said, let us know if there's anything we forgot. I'm super interested. Uh, and I'm sure I'll be getting back to another podcast here soon or eventually 
with uh, cinematography. Uh, I'd like to talk more about uh, what was I talking about? Um, practical effects. Yes, I'd love to yeah. do a podcast on practical. We effects. should. We should definitely do that. I think. I think for that, you and I should have a marathon one weekend. Mm-hmm. Like just really classic effects movies. You think? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, guys, um, whenever you listen to this, have a good morning, morning afternoon, afternoon, evening, evening or night. night, and we'll see you next weekend. Morning, afternoon. <laughs> Bye. Stay at home.